shall we? <laughs> so the, this morning instructions are going to bring us into a little wider view or perspective on experience. I mentioned this word last night, chitta, which is an aspect of practice. And it's an aspect of looking at the... Uh, it's a great way to practice because it actually looks at this idea of the heart-mind. And I think it's good for us as we become more used to practicing or more fluent in these practices that we can start to look at our practice in this way of a, of a chitta, of a heart-mind. Even though that most of us in sort of our Western views have a tendency to separate thoughts and emotions. And sometimes it can be helpful therapeutically or from an educational sense to talk about thoughts and emotions as different. But in present time, actual embodied experience, it's really difficult to suss those out. Also, when we look at the, the fundamentals of meditation, the technique, the attentional aspect of it, training the attention, bringing awareness, attention back to a particular object, which we've been spending thousands of moments with that idea. And then also looking at the attitude in which we, which we do that, the attitude of, of awareness. is really the, the combination of those two is, is very much what chitta is. It's the what we're paying attention to and how we're paying attention to it. So in every moment, the heart-mind really converge on this idea. So if we're tracking experience one moment at a time, there's always a convergence of these two ideas. So trying to separate those might actually create some confusion. And trying to be too much emphasis on the object or too much emphasis on the attitude of practice, but really trying to see this what is the chitta of this moment? What is the heart-mind? What's happening there? And also the other thing about this that I think that is quite fascinating is that when we talk about chitta or mind, it's important to notice or to recognize or even to consider that the mind is, is not a thing that exists, but it's an event that occurs. So in our way of being, in our way of going about things, we can get familiar with our minds to some degree and, and feel like we've inherited this kind of janky contraption that we're basically stuck with. But that's not the case at all. That's just an attitude or a perspective or an opinion that you have in any particular moment. So chitta is not really a, a thing as much as it's a behavior. It's a psycho-emotional behavior that's happening in any particular moment and the relational quality that we have towards what we're paying attention to, what the valence or affect of that object is, whether that feeling is a pleasant feeling or an unpleasant feeling. That creates, that affects the chitta it's an unpleasant feeling, we can either meet it with kindness and compassion and an interest and a care, or we can resist and reject and be angry and hateful and want to... Both of those are chittas, they're behaviors, they're things that can happen in a moment of behavior.
So when we start to try to work with this, we have to deal with the reality of, of just the way that we categorize experience. And this can be quite confusing because Buddhism categorizes experience in a wide range of ways. We most often categorize experience through the four foundations of mindfulness, that we have a body, the body has feelings, we have mental states and attitudes, and we have dhammas or categories, thinking. And that's, that, that's a pretty good categorization, but it's not actually great sometimes. We have aggregate, five aggregates, forms and their feelings and perceptions and the intentionality and consciousness. One of the easiest ways to break down this experience is just we have the body, we have the heart, we have the mind, we have the realm of sensations, emotions, and the mind. But really I think one of the ways I like to break it down and we'll kind of work with this model today is really that comes from the school of philosophy where we have, we have the physical, we have the mental, and the abstract. So we have this physical sensations, which we don't have a whole lot of agency over, what's going on in the body, pain body, sensation body. We have the mind, which is really just the way consciousness or awareness is being colored or affected. And so we could say that that's where that chitta is, is just in the mental state. So there's a mental state that we're in in every single moment. What is the state of the mind? almost like this present moment state of the union address. The mind is like this right now, and the mind is not good. I don't like the mind. Too much mind, too much thinking, too much aversion, too much. What is the state of the mind in any particular moment? And so we want to be able to recognize that. So that's the mindfulness aspect of being able to just recognize the mind is like this. Awareness is like this. Consciousness is like this. And so we have these mental states. We have mental attitudes. We have an attitude about the state of the mind. Which I think is probably the terminology that most fits best for this aspect of practice. What is my attitude in this particular moment? There's where the agency is. You have agency over attitude. I don't like this state of mind. I have a bad attitude about this. I'm going to resist this. Resist this state of mind, and then the abstract, that's where all the suffering is, in the abstract. Let's think of a better state of mind that I could be in right now, and think about how disappointed I am that I'm not in that better state of mind right now. <laughs> I think, I'll, think I'll work. Let's do that for the next 30 minutes. That'll be fun. That'll keep me busy, entertained. And the abstract, the cutoff, we cut off, that's the moment of where the cutoff happens. I'm no longer here, I'm no longer interested, I'm no longer willing. Let's find the better abstract imagination. And so we have these mental states, these mental attitudes, and sometimes we have emotion. We're not always emotional. We don't have an emo emotion isn't present in every moment. A mental state and a mental attitude often is. And so if we find that the abstract mind, thinking mind, we could just easily say. The thinking mind is um, too much right now, lots of thinking mind, lots of distraction, lots of planning, lots of remembering, lots of judging, criticizing, blaming, trying to figure out, to fix, to have, to become, to do the better, where's the better, gotta find it now. 
That's fast. <laughs> that's a cutoff. And when we can recognize that that's happening, usually we'll find there's a, there's a, there's a type of an emotional engine that's driving that. It might be some fear, it might be anger, it might be sadness. So anytime we can recognize thinking mind, abstract mind, whatever label you want to use, we don't want to encourage that. So we have to try to use our basic skills that we've developed all day yesterday, recognizing when that's happening and then dropping attention and awareness into a much more stable sound, breathing. May I be at ease with my thinking mind? And that brings the mind state to a more manageable, agreeable, stable. And then we can kind of reset. Okay, we'll go. Yeah, that was, that was crazy. Let's just like let that go and kind of come back to our senses. Our senses meaning sounds and sights and feelings and breathing and all of that. Very stable, reliable ground of experience. So the two things we really have to be able to do in this, in this arena is just really, again, this, this recognition of what it is that is happening in the mental state. So we're just going to keep what I would call for this practice a sort of light, lighter touch on the body. So it might be more like 50-50, 50 body, 50 mind, 50 body, 50 mind. No percentage in the abstract, although that will happen all by itself. The abstract mind will come down Yank you up. Don't you wanna? You wanna go for a little ride? <laughs> Hop in. You're just gonna sit here and breathe and be nice to yourself. It's <laughs> no fun. You're looking for trouble in all the wrong places. The abstract mind, the thinking mind. Gotta find a better place to be. So instead of just kind of, you know, coming back to, to body or to sound or to sight, we can actually come back to the stability of awareness, the mental state. And of course, what you've been cultivating is, is, is attempting to cultivate a mental state of presence and ease. I'm here. It's okay to be here. You know, whether you recognize that or not, but you spent, yesterday, we, we really spent, you know, thousands and thousands of moments Attempting to cultivate a state of mind that is present and at ease. And so now we're going to try to see if we can recognize that. The, the reverb of that, the qualitative. What is it like in the, if, if the mind state is present and at ease? Can I, can I sustain that? How does one sustain a mind state that is present and at ease? Right, so... Not just cultivating it, but abiding. And there's also this word Brahma Vihara, 
means a dwelling, it means to dwell or to abide or to rest or to sit into that state. Can I be with that? Can I dwell? Vihara means to dwell. And so we, you know, you can do that for as long as you can do that. And then what happens is, is, is as that state of mind, that presence of ease, uh, if, if, of course, if it becomes uh, colored by fear and pain, and that fear and pain trigger gets kicked on, then abstract mind, thinking mind turns on, and we go into that. Got to fix this, got to control this, got to get rid of it, got to have this. It's a vortex. As soon as you're in, it's just like a vacuum. It's just like, whoa, man. It's like gone. And it's spinning four million miles an hour right over here. Like as soon as you go, don't look, don't look. I'm going to just take a peek. Just going to take a peek. And I'm gone. <laughs> and then you get spit out 17 minutes later. <laughs> Fuck, that was... I got to stop... I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> it's like just if I just look for like two seconds, I know I can get out. <laughs> right? It's like it's sitting, then it gets closer and closer, and you're like, don't do it. <laughs> it's like, well, I just I'm just gonna look. Just I'm not gonna buy anything. I'm just gonna <laughs> browse and go. <laughs> That's what happens, isn't it? Resisting the temptation. Right. So hard. It's funny though, it's good if you can think it's funny because it's totally funny. <laughs> yeah. Not be so serious about that. This is a serious meditation retreat. Don't look at your mind ever. <laughs> just wanted to just take a it's a big deal. <laughs> Make us sit here all day. <laughs> it's really like that. Ajahn Sachito calls it a vortex. It's like once you're in. So we have to kind of stabilize awareness in that. So we'll work with basically three types of questions because there's lots of ways in which chitta can be activated. There's lots of ways chitta becomes activated for the good and for the not so good. And so that they're, they're, they're really these kind of energetic forces. I don't have a great term for that, but they're these forces in the mind that have momentum, they have conditioning, they have, they have, they have a, a verbal kind of quality to them. Typically they're called greed, hatred, and delusion, but um, I want to get away from that language a little bit sometimes because those terms are so potent. And also we have to be very careful. The hard part about practicing in this way, which also can be known as the third foundation of mindfulness, is that when we start to recognize mental states, mental attitudes, and emotions, we have to be careful that even though we might see aspects of our mind or attitudes of our mind that are really quite not so pretty to look at or maybe even a little bit kind of upsetting or ugly or whatever. We have to be very careful that we don't get caught into this idea that I'm a bad person for having the mind state. 
and this is a hard, I'm a bad person for having the mind state, the attitude, or the emotion. Because really what the, the practice of this is really just recognizing the presence and absence of things in more of an objective perspective. So a lot of times we might recognize a, a state of mind, an attitude of mind that's very upsetting, and then we kind of collapse or we abstract into a story about a person who would actually, I mean, sit on this beautiful, lovely Buddhist retreat and I'm having these horrible feelings and attitudes. I'm not supposed to be doing that. It's like, well, you're not doing it. It's happening and you're just watching now. It's been happening. It happens. And so we want to not collapse into a sense of a person who's doing this, but actually liberate ourselves from that state by being able to recognize it and being able to allow it. To not grab at it, to not resist it. Because that's what happens. We grab at the good and we resist the bad. Grabbing and dropping in every moment. So waiting for instance, like two hands. It's like, get that, get rid of that. It's just like, someone said whack-a-mole yesterday. That we got to stop the grabbing and the dropping. Sometimes I even feel like we do that with the breath grabbing the in breath, dropping the out breath. Mindfulness of breathing, so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Grab it, drop it. So we're cultivating and we've been practicing and you, you probably have way more presence and ease than you even notice right now. I can feel it. I'm sure Mary can feel it because we're not so much in the retreat. You guys are pretty, pretty present. It feels pretty easy in here. You're probably going totally, actually, that's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're just getting here for two seconds. I'm just trying to resist the temptation. <laughs> Like uh, the clinging bundles just waiting for me like with hooks on them <coughs> so the instructions would be rooted in, in kind of working with um, some questions and so I like meditation questions I think that that puts us into the experience of inquiry as I talked about last night these, these questions these meditative questions and and so the first one is the anticipation question and just asking, and I'll offer this in the instruction, am I, do I feel like I'm waiting for something to happen right now? Is there some sense of impatience? Some sense of anticipation? Do I feel like I'm just leaning into the next moment? I'm just like, hurry up and get here. Waiting. Waiting for lunch. Waiting for the bell to ring. Waiting for the pain in my leg to go away. Wait. Waiting, 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 waiting creates restlessness, impatience, and it creates a, an, an uneasy mind state, a state of anxiety, perhaps, restlessness, worry. And so we want to be able to see, is that, is that, can I catch it in its earlier stages so I can come back to some degree of presence and ease before that activated anticipation state proliferates into abstract thinking mind, and now I'm just doing that. I'm gone again. So is there some anticipation, some wanting, some grabbing at, some leaning into? And just noticing, do I feel that chitta, energetic kind of, or not? Maybe not. So we want to recognize the presence of that or the absence of that. 
And that, that's, that's, you know, that's, that happens a lot. So you probably see a whole bunch of that. Or, am I waiting for something to go away? Is there some sort of resistance in the attitude or state of mind where there's a pushing against? I will start meditating again when my leg feels better, when I'm not tired, when I'm not hungry, when I'm not, I can't actually be with this right now. I'm waiting for something to go away. So then that creates a sense of resistance and a tightness, a clinging, a kind of almost a, a flinching against the moment. Like, oh, am I waiting for something to go away? The practice will begin once this is gone. When the noise goes away, when this goes away, when we can't feel like we're, you know, we're trying to outweigh eternity, you know? It's just like you're not going to pull that one off. Mm-hmm. And that can become a sense of frustrated. So just recognizing is that present or not? Hmm, I'm not waiting for anything to happen. I'm not waiting for anything to go away. I'm here. And that's that third question. And just asking that question, am I fully in touch with my experience? Am I here? So am I. So just as we go through the day, we're just looking, checking in at any point if we feel the distress level or the the fear, the pain, the whatever kind of gets to be cooked up where we start to feel uneasy, we can kind of stop and go, hmm, am I leaning into the next moment? Am I pushing away at something? Am I anticipating? Am I resisting? Am I being drawn in? Am I rejecting? Or am I actually here, fully here, fully present? And then if I'm present, I can try to bring in or cultivate or find some sense of being at ease with this state of mind or this attitude or this emotion. But you have to be able to recognize it first. And if all of that seems too much or not sure about that, you can just continue to be doing what you've been doing all along. There's no wrong or right way to do any of this. It's just a maybe a little bit more of a wider view, more 50% of the body, 50% of the mind. Body, mind, body, mind, body, mind, body, mind. Not abstract, not thinking mind. So if you like, you can stand if you want to stretch your body a little bit before we get into the meditation.